0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick Six Podcast, CBS Sports. That's right, Brady Quinn, sit up. <laughs> PQ and dudes in the studio. A little bit oh, yeah. Brady Quinn, ladies like well, and Pick 6 Podcast graphics in the background. CBS Sports really pumping the cash into this podcast. It's so professional. I Very love it. professional. I'm glad that you guys are cranking up the professional nature of this. Uh, they are in South Florida. I am in a place that's somehow hotter than South Florida, and that's my house where there's a there's a hell
1: for a second will i wasn't sure sorry
0: (laughs) well i've been there for for a few years brady but um (laughs) 42 to be exact uh no i'm just kidding the um i'm just kidding i love my life we're gonna talk about football for a living if you're, like, if you're watching the video, like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. If you're listening to the audio version, rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. For those that missed the last episode, we discussed NFC East and NFC West wind totals. Today, we're going to look at the NFC North and NFC South wind totals. How about some over-unders? Before we dive into those, though, um, I don't know if you guys listen to podcasts. I don't. Yes. I mean, which, which pause right
2: there. (laughs) Which ones will,
0: I was hoping Brady would be like, hell no. I hate podcast. Uh, Forgetting (laughs) that he was on this podcast, but there's a very popular uh, hang up and listen podcast Mm. on slate.com. And they had a, uh, a gymnastics insider on earlier this week. And let's hear what they had to say. There was uh, one of the, National team coaches'
1: husbands said something on an unrelated sports podcast once, but none of it was all just scuttlebutt. Like there was nothing confirmed. It easily.
0: Just so you know, Brady Quinn, you make huh? you make the world talk about us. <laughs>
1: Hashtag Brady in trouble. No, we. Why do you keep bringing this up? We already went over this. We talked about okay? this the last
2: time, right? Yeah. <laughs> you keep bringing this up. You like, like I need mean, the audio you, to back it up this time.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, you keep, like, you feel the need to, like, keep bringing this up. Like, yeah, look, I told you, oh, I, we saw some stuff on Instagram. We thought it was
0: just public knowledge, you know? I just wasn't we'll sure what happening. Next. I was I was going to drag the, the, the gymna- gymnastics insider who presumably is a big capital J journalist for not providing proper credit, uh, credit, credit, uh, credit, I guess, to uh, to the pick six podcast (laughs) and, uh, and and, and USA gymnastics insider, Brady Quinn.
1: By the way, it completely butchered that considering we were specifically talking about Simone Biles racing Christian Watson, okay? Yeah. Which I did say would be a close race, even though Watson's blazing fast because Simone Biles is an incredible athlete. So that was how it actually came up in the topic of conversation.
0: That's right. Um, You know what happens? Look, when you get the bloggers and the aggregators, uh, and, and they listen to a podcast and all of a sudden they take things out of context because they don't have any journalistic background. And next well, thing you know, yeah. can we be real about something for a second? All right. <laughs> sure. Like a lot of people follow the NFL in this country. All right. I don't know that it
1: hurt, you know, gymnastics for being brought up <laughs> and <laughs> like <you> go. <laughs> thrown in there with football. I think it might have helped, you know, just make some conversation at that point. Yeah. So. I,
0: I don't think anything bad for America. Or Simone Biles, or this podcast, or gymnastics came out of that discussion. If anything, I think it was hashtag Brady loves America, hashtag Brady helps gymnastics. Not hashtag. This is, Brady this is, in this is
1: also we're, we're we're doing this the day after we just had our uh, our, our veterans event up in Columbus, Ohio, our, our fundraising event. So. Good times all the way around. Tommy Tran came out. I saw that. Michael Kaiser came out. Nice. We, we need to get more of like a CBS contingent to come up there. And I didn't play. get an invite. Uh, I didn't world, get an invite there's, either. There's usually one group we save. It's it's. There's a lot of people who try to get in on There's so it golf a golf event? For it.
0: Mm. Yeah. I could have been in Ohio playing golf with you instead of sweating my face off in this hot box at this rally.
2: Yeah. Things that make you say, oh. Mm.
0: Yeah. Things that make you say, <laughs> wow, I thought we were friends. That is things that make you say, hmm. Um
1: next year, next year we'll get we'll get CBS some more groups on it. I'll tell you what, we it.
0: got another hashtag Brady in Trouble situation brewing here on the <laughs> I'm just kidding. All I'm right, always let's in get trouble. It. I'm always in trouble here. Uh, oh my god. Know, you enjoy it. Um uh, any uh really quick actually, you know what? I don't really care for quick. We'll breeze through these totals. Um anything that stood out to you guys, just one thing or two things that stood out to you, uh dudes from the uh from week one of the preseason. Uh I mean, I, I will uh, by the way, your boy Bryce Huff. Absolutely smoked Iki Aquanu on a low I'm move there. Everybody, man.
2: I mean, the Jets' line is ridiculous. I mean, I think everybody kind of knew that they added depth when they grabbed Will McDonald in the first round. I think the biggest thing Will and Brady was offensive line. I mean, yeah. there aren't guys just out there that you can just grab off the street, and it seems like teams are reeling when it comes to the offensive line position, more specifically, offensive tackle. Right. right. There's a lot of question marks whether it's the New York Jets, whether it's the Carolina Panthers, whether it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a lot of online questions heading into the season and Brady, you can speak <laughs> from knowledge and knowing that the quarterback position, if you're not upright, it's hard for you to actually have a good season. So I think that's the biggest question mark going into preseason week two. do these offensive lines start to come together and take that next step. Because what we saw in preseason week one, I mean, the bear, the bears got eight sacks. Yeah. Like they were, mm. I believe, last place last year in creating sacks from the defensive line. So for them to get eight sacks, kind of lets you know where the offensive line is and the state of the offensive line in the NFL.
1: Yeah, so so let's talk about this, right? Because there's a few things that play, I think, during the course of preseason that you have to acknowledge, all right? And we've talked about in the past, one of the things that, that's hurting offensive line play is the lack of contact. And this is starting not only just at the professional level, the college level, the high school level. I was just Literally. back talking with my my cousin about it. And he was like, how are you guys going to be this year? He's like, I don't know. And he's going to a different high school in my district than the one that I went to. And he's like, man, he's like, we don't hit as much as the other high school. I said, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, it's kind of on the coach to determine how much they want to hit, how much they want to <laughs> teach those fundamentals. And And to me, I'm like, this is football, and especially yeah. at a high school age. It's such a developmental sport that if you're not tackling to the ground, if you're not fully padded and you know better than anyone else, sure. as a D-lineman, I'm sure you played O line probably yeah, in, in, high school, bit, right? in high school, right? Yeah. Though. And like you have to practice that technique fully padded, do you yeah. not? And
2: that's the thing also, right? As a football player, period, whether it's O-line, D-line, quarterback, defensive back. There's a callus you have to build sure. up and, build a, a, and get ready for the season for a 17-week game season. I think, to your point, a lot of that with the new rules and how many times you can hit and how many practices you're allotted and how often you're allowed to be on the field, I think that's why we've seen a drop. As far as the technique part of offensive right. line right. and defensive and that's, line,
1: so and that's more what I'm pointing to. That from yeah. the developmental technique standpoint, you can't really teach technique if you're not really doing what you you're asked to do in a game. Exactly. right? it's a little different for a quarterback, for a wide receiver. Now, I'm not letting the quarterbacks off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are in new offenses. You got younger quarterbacks. Right. Sometimes new systems. There's a lot of things that be going on with them too. Right? Are, are they getting through their reads and progressions the way they should? Are they holding on to the football, trying to make something more than they should? You're seeing a little bit of that. But I think at the NFL level it's it's a byproduct of lack of development from high school to college, college, the NFL. That's part of it. You're not seeing as much, you know, build it practice. And let's not forget too. I've said this to Pete Prisco just a minute ago, you know, this time of year is when you're really testing guys in different spots, because right. on your active roster on the game day, some teams only keep seven. You get some teams that will keep eight, nine, but you only have so many guys 46 guys who actually dress So you gotta it's a numbers game. And you gotta be able to have guys that can play guard, can play tackle, you gotta gotta have guys that might play tackle, might play center. Those are entirely different worlds you're living in. So It may look ugly, and it's really born out of the fact that you have backups playing or they're trying to get some reps to. They're trying to put them in different spots. They're trying to get these groups to mesh together. It's really hard to do. I I think things iron themselves out once we get to the regular season.
2: Yeah, that's why I think this week is monumental for those old lines to build that continuity, to build that togetherness. Uh, You've heard coaches say, even Robert he was like, after the Panthers, we going into this cross pack list with the bucks. I kind of want to know who my starting five are. Yeah. And I think Aaron Rodgers has kind of made that point too. Like mm-hmm. I want that continuity up front. I need to know who my five guys are so we can start to build this thing the right way. Cause we know our defense is going to be there. It's going to be on us.
0: Yeah. I mean, you talk about like, you know, uh, defense ahead of the offense. I mean, Most of the time, especially these pass plays, you have, you know, you're dropping back into, I know you're on the offense, but you're dropping back into a defensive stance a lot of times, even if you're attacking as an offensive alignment, like you're, you're, you you have pass rushers coming at you and you could just see like, like the Jets pulled a stunt on Bryce Young's first drop back and the Panthers weren't ready for it. And that's also part of the preseason thing too, where it's like, you have no freaking clue. If the other team is going to be aggressive and blitz, if they're going to you know, try and run a bunch of stunts and twists, or if they're just going to you know, rush up the field and, and sort of try to get out of there without getting guys hurt. Uh, you mentioned the Bears, so let's dive right in. Otherwise, I'll get yelled at for a lack of doing the podcast as scheduled. The Bears win total two and a half in the division over is minus 140, dudes the bears win total overall seven and a half minus half minus one thirty. We saw Justin Fields look fan, look fantastic. He did complete two passes <laughs> for uh, roughly like 0.5 air yards. It turned into touchdowns. Still, I, I did think he, you know, I mean, like he looked good on the dump off to Khalil Herbert, but I just wonder yeah. are the bears getting a little too much hype here?
2: But so that's the thing, right? I'm not in love with either one of these overs, like the two and a half, the bears are going to be significantly better. Right. But are you telling me that they're going to split with everybody in the division? I can see them losing four out of the six games. And then seven and a half wins. Let's not forget this team picked number one overall. Like they traded out of that spot. So seven and a half wins is a big jump from where they were last year. To Will's point, if Justin Fields can throw screen passes that go for 60 to the house, then I love this number, right? right. If, okay. if their defense can get eight sacks because they were god-awful in creating sacks last year. Then I love this number. I honestly would buy it down, but if you're looking at the two win totals, I'm more comfortable going over seven and a half wins for the Chicago Bears just because they have got significantly better on the offensive line. Justin Fields was hit entirely too much. They got the best right tackle in the draft to protect. And he he looked like a, a man amongst boys in that preseason game. I love what they did. They finally got him a, a true number one receiver in DJ Moore. We saw his ability in the open field on that screenplay. So I would lean towards the over seven and a half wins, but I would actually buy it down to six and a half.
1: It's, it's not a bad bet. I mean, look, the reality is the Bears were a three-win team a year ago, as you talked about. They have made some improvements. You you bring in Rasheem Green. You bring in Yannick Ngakwe. They have a young secondary, too. They've got a draft pick there. They added some groups there, uh, some guys there in the back, end that, that should help improve that group. I, I look at it and say this. They could have dramatic improvement, which going from a three-win team to a seven-win team it's is dramatic <laughs> exactly. improvement that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to hit the over. Correct. So uh, I'm, I'm more feeling the under here as far as the total over, under, as you touched on. I think they're going to be improved. They're going to be a better football team. The addition of DJ Moore helps to go along with Darnell Mooney. And I think Fields is starting to get better and better along with the offensive line improvement. Uh, just to me, it's too many questions within how this team's going to stack up within the division. Right. And so the division bet, I kind of have stayed away from when we've done these picks. I feel a little more confident about saying the the under of the the season total, but it could be right there at seven because I do think this will be another competitive division.
0: Yeah, so one of the things about this division, it's up in the air. I think, and we'll talk about the Packers in a second, but like I'm a little more bull- or, uh, bullish on the Packers than I probably was before week one of the preseason. Just watching Jordan Love, <laughs> uh, you know, the Vikings' win total is eight and a half. It's a very suspicious, the and the Lions are the prohibitive favorite. Like. The other thing too with the Bears, their schedule—they open up against Green Bay at home. Green Bay can win that game, I and mean, that's just, it's going to be a, it's going to be a really close game. It's going to come oh, yeah. down to probably a field goal at Tampa, at Kansas City, Denver at home, at Washington. Could the Bears start three and two? Sure. Yeah, Bears could also start zero and five. Correct. <laughs> it, the, the, the three separate
1: times they go back to back weeks on the road and a late bye, yep. which never really makes things easy for your team. Exactly. You'd like to see in the middle of that schedule, so it's it's not an easy schedule the way it's planned out.
0: Exactly. And they get Arizona in week 16, which I don't know if Kyler's – we don't know what Kyler's no, going to do, but that back. game could we'll end be up back. being completely <laughs> different if Kyler comes back and, and he's playing in it. I think the schedule I – th- I think I think the whole thing about the Bears were, had the first overall pick, and people forget it because they picked ninth overall. And the, this team could win seven games. It's a great year. Justin Fields yeah. also can't run as much as he did. When he started running a ton last year, he got hurt, and, the, and he had to miss time. And that's you – know, not – implausible that that could happen again this year. I'll take the Bears under all day, and uh, Bears fans can hate me for it. Don't care if they can win seven games. It's a good year. The Detroit Lions, Brady, America's team. America's <laughs> new team. The Browns were America's team for like a minute, so they traded for Watson. Now it's oh. the Lions. Oh, oh. I thought I thought you
1: were gonna say when I was there that, that, that no? no, we were, no, no there they were they were no. the world they
0: were they were the world's team when you were there. They were they oh, were thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um the Lions they've well, got. Let the me win- let loss. me tell you what the over under is real quick and then you can talk. Okay, there you oh, go. go. I'll <laughs> be fast, I promise. Uh the division win total is over three and a half minus one forty, and the Lions total win total for the season nine and a half, uh overs minus one twenty five. Everybody on the Lions bandwagon.
1: A lot of people on the Lions bandwagon, uh, but I'm kind of cautiously optimistic, right? Mm. This was a three-win team two years ago, nine wins last year. You know, are they closer to a 10-11 win team or a team that's hovering somewhere between seven, eight, nine wins? Mm. It's tough to tell, but you have to love what you've seen from their offense. I, I thought the job Ben Johnson did last year his chemistry work with Jared Goff and how they kind of sprinkle in creativity, mm. some gutsiness, everything else. Like, he's going to be one of those hothead coaching candidates that you see after this year, especially if they hit the over of this win total, which is where I'm leaning towards. I had to lay a bet here. Uh, as we talked about the division, it's too tough to know. And here's one of the other things I'd say about laying this the division bet total. Um, you probably could find a bet or something after the the beginning of the season, because it's backloaded for the divisional games. Correct. They play five of their six divisional games after week 10. Mm. So you're really not going to know what type of team you got, at least in divisional play. until so we get through the meat of the schedule. And at that point, I think it's probably safe to say you have a, bit, a little better chance, uh, depending on how the season goes of, of hitting that over under win total, whichever side you're on at that point. So, um, I'm looking at more of the over of nine and a half wins. Um, I, I think in their schedule, we talked about a moment ago, the bears three times they have back-to-back weeks uh, on the road. You got the same thing here and you got opening up with Kansas city. Uh, so to me, it's like, how does that first game go? If you're competitive, maybe you say defending world champs, We are that good. We're right in this thing. You get blown out opening week. It's like, you tell me, how's, (laughs) how's the locker room going to respond to that?
2: Well, this is the thing, right? I'm with you. I'm leaning towards the over nine and a half. If you look at this team, they started off God awful last year, right? They went on a streak down the stretch and it ended with them winning a game at Lambeau on the road. So this team has proven that with their backs against the wall, they can put it together. Even when a game doesn't matter, then you go out there and they're going to fight for Dan Campbell. And, to me, even though they've revamped this defense, which was the, the Achilles heels on this team, I think the biggest acquisition, you talked about it, Brady, was Ben Johnson staying. He was a hot head coaching candidate, and he decided to come back and said to go pursue a head coaching job. So another year with Jared Goff, another year with this explosive offense, Jameer Gibbs, I've heard, has been uncoverable in training camp. But I like what they've done on the defensive end. Really revamped that secondary. They had a scare earlier in the year with Chauncey Goddard. Johnson looks like he will be all right. But I believe Jack Campbell and Brian Branch will have roles on this team. Aiden Hutchison was unblockable on that cross practice versus the Giants that I heard. He's going to take another step this year. Hudson, the kid that they took late in the draft, I believe he had eight sacks as a just specialist, as a pass rusher. He's going to take another step. So I like the over nine and a half just because I feel like this team knows how to win. I like how Dan Campbell's really assembled this team. The coaching staff is mostly ex-players. So, you know, players really galvanize and get behind guys that play the game. They respect them. I like the Lions to go over at nine and a half this year.
1: Are we drinking the Kool Aid too much, Will? I mean, because I, I feel that's like that's a good question. The, <laughs> the, the one, thing, the, the one thing that I, I think, and I don't know if you'd agree with this or not, that I feel as a former player is, it's just a tough football team. They're tough minded. Yeah. Yep. They've got grit. Like they, they've got fight. And and they embodied their head coach. I guess right. the ultimate combo you can give Dan Campbell, but it's just so seldom seen at the NFL level nowadays. Where yeah. you kind of see a throwback team like this. Even the way they drafted, like when you, you talk about Jack Campbell, That's Jack old Campbell's school, like old school, old yeah,
0: I, I love a, him. A, a running back that you're taking <laughs> the first round. Like, are we are we drinking the Kool Aid here too much? Uh, no, I mean. That's where I've been at is like, all right, I'm not buying in on the Lions. I'm not buying all in on the Jaguars. Like, this is ridiculous that these two teams who've lost as much as they have for as long as they have (laughs) are favored to win their divisions. And then I started, like, I did, like, I was, like, really, really conservative and did the Lions win total and still came out with 10. Um, I I think (laughs) the biggest issue with the nine and a half is, let's say you get blown out in Kansas City. One, how do you respond the next two weeks? Because you got two home games against Seattle and Atlanta, and like if you if you get blown out and you don't bounce back at all, and you start out one and two or zero oh and three, then you're gonna have a really hard time getting over that nine and a half. The you, we talk about being built in the Dan Campbell manner, though. This offensive line, and we talk about how bad offensive oh. lines are. This offensive line is going to be good out of the gate. Like they are, they have consistency. They have talent across the board. I think the lowest drafted, the, the, everybody's a third round or better player who's been picked they've been a top tier unit before they have consistency at the play calling position at the play caller they bring in david montgomery and pair him with jameer gibbs which is basically deandre swift uh, and jamal williams but a version apparently that that dan campbell likes better and we can rip the lions for being too sort of like using a first round pick on an inside linebacker and a first round pick on a running back but it's going to help this year you know, like it, yeah. like it, it might not be the the smart analytical move to do in the first round of the draft, but it's gonna help immediately. And I think I was saw somewhere where like Chelsea Gardner Johnson might even just move to safety because Brian Branch is playing so well and being like so physical that they might even like you know, because like they thought they, they're gonna have to use him at cornerback and he might just move to safety because uh branch is playing so well out of the gates. Uh I can't talk about the Lions and not mention Aline McNeil. There's a sneaky. Underrated player from NC, NC State. State. Yeah, that's exactly. right. So, yeah, I
1: mean, you <laughs> got to throw them know, back in there. When, when, uh, you know, when you talk to the coaching staff, too, they will rave about him just being the anchor of that defense. Like, he kind of really does control a lot of things up front, stopping the run and all that. So, it, I'm glad you brought up his name because he, he's really flown under the radar. He
0: He's not – he's like – he's a guy who does a lot of the dirty stuff and might not Correct. always get the credit for it. And it's sort of the same way in, in college. So I'm on the over here. I think this team is – it's it really is like how do they how do they bounce back if they get blown out by the Chiefs? That's like probably my biggest concern. Not as many questions as say the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> dudes, who have a win total of two and a half of the division overs minus two hundred, which is kind of ridiculous, uh, and, yeah. a, and a full season win total of seven and a half. The overs minus one forty. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of comes down to like what do you think Jordan Love will be? And I think there's, <laughs> I think he could be anything this year, right?
2: Well, listen. the thing. Why is it Vegas not having any love for Jordan Love, Brady? Uh, I mean, I from mean, what we've is. seen, if you go back and just look at his maturation, right? When he was called into action versus the Kansas City Chiefs two years ago when COVID happened, it was like a deer in the headlights. He didn't, you could tell he couldn't go through his reads, didn't know where to go with the football, didn't actually think he was going to start, ends up starting. A lot different last year in that Philadelphia game. Look cool, calm, and collective. Play action pass, back foot hits. He finds Christian Watson on the drag route, hits him in stride, 60 yards, touchdown. We talked about... Christian Watson speed off of camera, but we saw how fast Christian Watson is. I like the rapport that he has with Romeo Dobbs and also Christian Watson. We saw it in week one of the preseason game. He just knows how to find the ball. Great touch pass to Romeo Dobbs in the back of the end zone on a corner route puts it only where Romeo Dobbs can get it. You notice know as a quarterback and the red zone, that, ball, that ball's got to be helmeted higher right. so you don't worry about you know tips and overthrows and, and interceptions. So. I love Jordan Love. I think the beginning of the season, this team is going to be led by the run game. They have a nice two-headed monster in the backfield. And that defense, let's not forget, Rashawn Gary is coming back. Uh And the player he was before he had the injury last year, right? You still got Preston Smith on the outside. Jair Alexander is one of the best corners in football. They got dudes. Like, they have guys on defense. I believe this defense takes another step. I think they crush this over. I think they get at least nine wins. I'm taking the Packers over seven and a half wins.
1: Uh, it, it's tough for me because there's just so much unknown about, you know, you can look at preseason and take what you want from it. There's no correlation to regular season. Right. We know that, right? Um, and the sometimes Chiefs coaches. Lost, the, who, Chiefs,
0: the Chiefs lost to the Bears in week one of the preseason last year. And the Bears had <laughs> well, the worst and, record and, and, and the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, you're right.
1: And, and by the way, look at Andy Reid's preseason record. All right. That's if you over. compare Andy Reid's, <laughs> Andy Reid's preseason record to, you know, some of the others out there, like John Harbaugh, for example, they've won, no, not 24 straight. Yeah. Okay. Maybe there's a little more something to that as far as how they're approaching preseason. Sure. Trust me, the Chiefs are not trying to be the world champions in the preseason. Um, and so there's just a lot up in the air to me as far as how this is all going to look for two reasons. The obvious is Jordan Love. The other thing is play calling. I think a lot of people mm. are underestimating the impact of Aaron Rodgers, not only in his preparation, but in game too, making adjustments, making audibles, changes on the field, You know where Jordan Love had the same ability to do so. When you go back and look at Matt LaFleur offenses coached back when he was with the Tennessee Titans, it wasn't like they were, you know, lighting the world on fire. So curious to see what that's going to look like. Does anyone recall, too, what Aaron Rodgers' first season looked like after he took six, over for Brett so yeah, Six and ten. Six and
2: ten.
1: And it wasn't like that roster was bare of talent or anything yeah. else. I just think sometimes there's growing pains and there's a transitional period as Jordan loves trying to find out who he is as that quarterback, as the team's trying to find out what kind of offense, what their identity is as well. Um, and so I think there's some elements there. And then the last thing I'll say that's it's, you know kind of concerning is, uh, you know, you, if you look at what the Chicago Bears like to do, like to run the football, okay? If you look at what the Detroit Lions, I think wanted, they like to run the football too. And if you look at the one thing that's been the Achilles heel of that defense in Green Bay, you can't stop the run. That's two divisional opponents right there that you know are going to be able to run the football effectively. You think Minnesota probably will, too, with Kevin O'Connell, the outside zone running scheme. You'll get some of that even with Alexander Madison in the backfield there. So I just think there's some concerns offensively. There's some some concerns defensively. I'm leading more of the, the season total of the under here, Ooh. and that doesn't mean it's an indictment on anything early on. Aaron Rodgers became one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play after the 6-10 season. Jordan Love very well could do that as well. But I think right now you've got to kind of see something out of them you know, with this schedule that they've got to for me, at least to feel more confident in where this team's at.
0: Yeah. I, um, I actually picked as my bet for this, the Packers to win the division. Cause it's, it's down to plus 380. You'd like to get four to one or better. I, I have a, I just think, and, and to that point it really like that six and 10 point, I was on the radio with like Danny Cannell and Danny and Dusty Omeadow radio, like earlier today. And I made the exact same point. It's like, if the Packers go seven and 10 and Jordan love, proves to them and to like everybody that he's the guy, that's a great season. Yeah, like nothing else matters. correct? Exactly. If Jordan loves looks competent and he looks like he shows that he has an upside and he, he looks comfortable out there. And it's sort of like that eye test sort of thing. It was, it was that way with Rogers. You saw it, it was like Rogers, is the guy, they're just not winning games. Like that's, they're They're going to win games eventually. Um, and I thought we saw it. You know, you had, he had that, uh, the deep ball down the field. They got broken up. Who's the, the big, the young big safety that broke it up. Um, Anyway, oh. it was it was a great play on the ball defensively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hill, yeah, yeah Dax Hill, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, and but it was a great play defensively. I thought it was a good throw. He had um, you know, another he had that t- the touch pass to Dobbs that you mentioned, dudes. Where it's like, oh wow, I'm surprised he didn't kind of overcook that. But then he also had oh. this like middle, like mid tier, like like crosser route that he absolutely like flew, like just skied somebody to so
2: uh, Musgrave. Yeah. yeah,
0: to Musgrave. So it's like. What are we going to get particularly early in the season? They get at Chicago, at Atlanta, Saints, Lions at home, at the Raiders. Those are five defenses that could be, probably aren't going to be like elite, elite, maybe the Saints you Uh can give credit to. But like, if he he doesn't, if they don't win two or three of those games, I think it's going to be really hard to get this over. So early in the season, Jordan Love is going to be a big factor for this total. The Minnesota Vikings won 13 games last year. And their win total is only eight and a half. Why is that? We'll tell you next, coming up after the break.
1: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit RobertHalf.com today.
0: Driving into the stadium, seeing
2: everybody tailgating, I get that ready to go feeling.
0: You know, to walk through the fan section over there
1: and see that many people excited about football, so I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah.
2: You get away from football for a little bit and then you start missing it, you get that itch again.
1: For me, that first catch is everything. Once I get one
2: catch, I'm in the zone. Getting back for football. <laughs> We can't wait.
0: Can't wait. We can't wait. We can't wait. You know, if Brady Quinn was playing in the NFL in 2023, it's not hard to imagine him being filmed, throwing the ice on after a game on the team plane. Loading up with the, the jewelry, doing some kind uh, of uh, very uh, yeah, exactly uh, doing uh. a very cool dance. <laughs> Maybe being filmed. Your lovely wife is like planning out your 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 flannel your flannel shirts that you'd be wearing to, to the games. Uh Vikings win total with your with Kirk Cousins, eight and a half. It's it's insanely low considering they won 13 games last year. 11 and over the regular season in one score games, an NFL record, the only time it's ever happened, uh over minus 125 in their division total. Three and a half, the under minus 160. Where do you want to go with the Vikings, Brady?
1: Uh, I'm a believer in this team not being able to replicate being a 13-win team, but my goodness, being able to hit the over of eight and a half. It's like, (laughs) was there some dramatic change where this team got worse just because they don't have Dalvin Cook anymore? That's a lot of talent, though, Brady. Dalvin Cook, they got Daniel Hunter coming back. They got Daniel Hunter coming back. By the way, Darius Smith, Calvin
2: Tomlinson. Their defense was
1: atrocious last year. Yes,
2: for sure, it it was atrocious. So, like,
1: you can lose some of those guys unless you want them to come back and play the same way. (laughs) Like, my my point is this: you get Daniel Hunter, you get Byron Murphy coming in. They draft Makai Blackman, so they shore up some of the pieces in the secondary. You get a new defensive coordinator in Brian Flores, who I think is much better suited for the personnel that they've got in the scheme that he's going to run. And they were dead last in pass defense. So all you have to do is just make a decent jump. (laughs) And I think you're going to improve and you're not playing in a lot of those one-score games because the comment's going to be, well, there's no way they're going to be able to finish and win as many one-game, you know, end-of-game scenarios like they did last year. And I agree, they they will not. But they're also not going to be in 11 of those same situations (laughs) like they were last year. So this is one where I still think the Minnesota Vikings – are the top team in this division. Ooh. They were the most competitive while Aaron Rodgers was with the Green Bay Packers, while the Packers have really dominated this division. Yep. And I think they're now the team that, in a make or break year for Kirk Cousins, at least contractually speaking, he seems to step up. So you like that, Will? You like that? Because I think the <laughs> Minnesota Vikings hit this over. And I don't think, I'm not just saying it's not going to be close, but I think they can be a 10 win team. I don't think that's yeah. that far of a stretch. With what they've got coming back, and Flores now taking over the defense.
2: Yeah, I'm with there, uh, right there with you. I'm with the over on this team. Uh, last thing, uh, last time I checked, Justin Jefferson didn't go anywhere. Kirk and you get Jordan Addison to go Addison, next door. And then to him. you added Jordan Addison. We saw, to me, he was probably the best route running receiver coming out of this draft. Yeah. And we saw some of his fancy footwork in the preseason game catching something on the side. So, to your point, though, right, Brian Flores, he's always been tasked to do more with less. Right? <laughs> he talked about some of the issues they had on defense. That pass secondary was just god awful. Yeah. Like, um, you know, they they bring Harrison Smith back. They bring in Byron Murphy, who I really like. I, I don't know if they have the players on defense to make a true jump. Like, like you said, if they're just a little bit better, though, they could crush this over, right? I am a little nervous about their pass rush. Danielle Hunter is coming back, but besides him, who scares you up front, right? They lost to Alvin thompson to Darius Smith. Um, so I think they they're they have, as far as talent-wise, they don't have as many players. Again, the defense was bad last year, but when you lose a guy like Eric Kendricks, who's been a mainstay on that team, you lose a guy like Z'Darrius Smith, who brought that energy, who brought that attitude to the team. Dalvin still, Thompson is Still 32nd in yeah, passing. Yeah, was saying, saying. Like, yes, I, I mean, you, can, you can pass all you want. Rush If somebody's open in two seconds, there's nothing you can do about it. So, they didn't really fit. I mean, bringing in Byron Murphy helps, but who's on the other side of the corner? Now, is I, Andrew Booth going
1: to be the starter? Well, and, you know. Again, I, I think one of the things you can scheme up some things to get the ball out quick. Yeah, everyone and loves and that every, Flores will we'll do that. Everyone yeah. loves to have a four man rush they can get home and you play whatever you want behind that, but the reality is yeah. that you're not you don't have that luxury all the time. So, I think Flores is going to bring together a scheme that's going to be able to put them in positions where they're not going to be allowing them to dink and dunk and play in that shell coverage Correct. where they just allow them to hit 15, 20 yard chunks all the way down the field.
2: Yeah, but with this offense alone, they should get over eight and a half wins i mean i think that's a low number like you said they won 13 games last year will they win as many close games probably not but hopefully you're not like you said in those situations where you have uh, a a gunfight where you both got to score 30 plus points to win the game so i like the vikings to go over on the eight and a half
0: so i'm gonna do this just mostly to annoy brady um, I'm not, I'm going to take, I'm going to just list the like three, three analytical reasons why people should be down on the, the Vikings. Uh, one, <laughs> if you look at the Pythagorean theorem and they're, and they're, <laughs> I don't know if you oh so the goodness. Pythagorean theorem is basically like you take their points for points against, it gives you the expected right. win loss number. Right. Uh, they won, they went 13 and four. Their expected win loss wins were 8.4, which is in, and look, and that's an insane difference, like, and right. that usually progresses. They went eleven and zero in one score games. Those are you fifty percent. Eleven and zero is literally an NFL record; it's never happened before. And then yeah. one more. Yeah, on- but again, not, they're not going to be presented with that same scenario. can, can I finish. can
1: like, I finish. Like- like- No, because when you use a stat like that, that we already debunked, like that's where nerds get it wrong. (laughs) You're you're, you're not going to be in that scenario. There was a reason why it happened like one time in NFL history, because you had a prolific offense matched with a defense that couldn't stop anyone in the passing game. (laughs) So it always allowed for a tight game down the final two minutes that puts you in that situation.
0: The other thing too, uh, in terms of adjusted games lost, um, I just I should have put game. on my should have wow. put on my
1: glasses for this. They were they I hope were uh, they get to like seven and one at one point this season. And we like replay this clip of Will it doing amazing. This.
0: No, look, I I think it's insane that the Vikings number that they're not favored to win the division and that their win total is eight and a half. They won thirteen games last year, and they do have meaningful talent. And I think they have a good coaching staff. They're going to regress, but they could regress like. 10 nine, nine, nine or ten win. wins. Nine and wins? wins. Like, right, exactly. Like, okay, <laughs> the last four games. You still hit the over. Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't take the under on their win total personally. I, I'm, I'm sort of cheating here. I'm going to pick their under division win total three and a half, which is like <laughs> minus one sixty. Right. It's a total cop out. I just felt like throwing the nerd stats against the wall and seeing Brady react and call me a nerd. Um, I, I don't. I, I. It's just such a red flag that Vegas is just out on the Vikings completely. Like, you'd never see a team win 13 games, lose a couple of veteran guys on both sides of the ball, but nothing, like, still have intact most of their talent and see their win total be eight and a half and them not be the favorite to win the division. Um, A team I am in on, though, probably to my own detriment, the Atlanta Falcons. Ooh! Division win total set at three and a half. My goodness, the over plus 120, the under minus 150 dues. And the win total also like the Vikings. Imagine taking the Vikings and the Falcons from last year (laughs) and they have the same win total, eight and a half, the over minus 135 for Atlanta here. Your thoughts.
2: I like this Atlanta Falcons team. Uh, You talked about Dan Campbell early with the Lions, but this Falcons team is kind of built the same way. Old school mentality. Like we're going to punch you in the mouth, play in and play out, do something about it. Like, there were times where they, they lined up in Pony last year. I haven't seen that in the NFL game in forever. Three backs in the backfield. We're running it downhill. We're going to take it out the quarterback's hands if he messes up. I think they'll do a little bit more of that this year because Desmond Ritter, we don't know what he's going to be, essentially, right? So Arthur Smith believes in his run game. i like them to go over eight and a half wins. Now, their Achilles heel was just like the Vikings. Their pass defense was god-awful. But they've revamped that secondary. They got one of the best young safeties in Jesse Bates coming over there, you know, pairing with my guy, Richie Grant, from UCF that we you take. They took in the second round a few years ago. I like what they did at corner. AJ Terrell's still there. He was kind of banged up last year. I think he'll have a bounce back here. Jeff Okuda did get banged up, he's but it looks hurry, like yeah. he's gonna maybe be all right for the season. But they also get when got Mike Hughes, too. So now they have somebody just in case he doesn't come back. You look at second-year players like Arnold Ebby Katie, Troy Anderson. I think they take a jump this year. I like this Atlanta Falcons team to go over eight and a half wins just because they won seven last year. They were the one team in the division that actually trusted more than anybody, even though the Bucks end up winning that division last year. Just because if you can run the ball and eat that clock, Brady, you can be in every game. And that's
1: the mentality of the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I mean, look, this to me – the over under win total for the season, I think has a lot to do with Desmond Ritter and the growth of Desmond Ritter and what this offense turns into. I mean, as much as you'd like to be able to run the football as much as they did last yeah. year with Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson. Now you're bringing B. John Robinson. Correct. I think that's the anticipation, but I think also as an organization, you would like to see Desmond Ritter, take that next step and utilize Kyle Pitts and utilize Drake London on the outside. So Um, I've got like too many questions about what that's going to ultimately morph into or look at. I think Arthur Smith's a hell of a coach. He's got a great staff. They've coached these guys up to be probably one of the more competitive seven win teams last year. So they'll, they'll be in the mix for the over under total. I don't want to touch it. I do think the division will be competitive. I I think if we've seen anything so far, the saints have a deep roster car looks like he's going to fit in very well. there in new Orleans. Um, I, I think there's a greater likelihood that you could see the saints potentially sweep them or, or, or maybe they just they, they, they all just kind of you know beat each split. other up, and they split. Yeah. So I, if I had to make a bet for the Falcons, which I really wouldn't, <laughs> but I would bet the under at three and a half of, of division wins because I think they can end up three and three, yeah. but still to your point, find a way of, of winning five, you know six other games to hit the over of, of eight and a half.
0: Yeah, I believe last year, because they lost their first two division games to New Orleans and Tampa Bay, beat that Panthers in that insane uh, P.J. Walker, D.J. Moore overtime game with them, <laughs> yeah. the, the Eddie Pinero missed extra point, um, so. lost to the Panthers. Uh, yeah, they. I mean, they, I think they went two and four in the division. Like, the division is not tough. But it is also very even. There's going to be par- a lot of parody. Up here. Exactly. It it, yeah. yeah. I think it's like, is it not tough or is, or is it tough? Exactly. You don't well, well, really no. Like it's t- it's tough for the teams in the division because they're all basically even. <laughs> but like, if you drop the Chiefs in the division, they're going they're winning like 14 games and going six and zero in the division more than likely, right? I mean, that and that's fine. I just think I just think the the I like the Falcons a lot. I like they were over here. I liked it a lot more when it was seven and a half and people weren't high on them and they weren't getting a bunch oh, of buzz. Sure. And I think that if the one thing that concerns me, the the defense is going to be improved, right? The offense is going to be improved. They're going to run, run the ball really well. I think they're kind of trying to recreate sort of what they, like Tennessee light, where it's like a, you know, you have enough defense and enough running the football and a quarterback who's not going to make mistakes and sort of win for you like a, like a Tannehill style. The problem is that's a super fragile way to build a team and win games because you're basically in games where it's 16-13 every week and you need to come up on the right side of those wins or else you can end up being 7-10 and 10 again. So 8.5 well, is a lot. You're asking for 9-8. and eight. I mean, that's tough. To
1: your point on that like idea or that concept – I think the more times you put yourself in that situation, the more times you're really putting the game on Desmond Ritter's shoulders. Yeah. Exactly. Right? like that's what you're talking about. And I think if you look at the division, I don't know that you'd pick Desmond Ritter over Derek Carr in that scenario. I don't know how you feel about Desmond Ritter versus um, Bryce Young at this point. You're taking point Bryce in time. Young. You're taking Bryce Young. And, and so maybe you say Baker. Maybe I, I don't know. Like yeah. that's that's the only thing is I think there's still so much we need to learn about Desmond Ritter. And that's it's another reason why I'm just kind of like ah, I feel a little better about maybe this division just all being even with one another, um, and and then you're seeing you know potentially uh, them hit that over or or under win total based on the total season.
0: Not sure if you heard that gigantic clap of thunder at my house. If you did, I'm in the middle of a some. It's no, it's 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 not. No. You're not at my oh, house, rating. Oh, it's
1: where you are. It's, <laughs> it's where, where I, I am. am. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. like
0: I, I jumped. I I actually think the the move I would prefer to the Falcons uh over would be because you're laying juice there you can get them at plus money to make the playoffs or you can get them at Ooh. like plus 230 to win the division so like i'm on the falcons over but i think that you can't go over three and a half division wins i would rather go with getting some plus money on, on whether it's the division whether it's the make the playoffs or win the division and you hope that you do kind of get that that lightning in a bottle for them you mentioned bryce young <clears throat> buddy his footwork was great I can't remember who I went to last. So Brady, I'll go to you because you you famously on this podcast said, when I'm down in the dumps, when I'm feeling lonely, when the world's when the world's against me, when my kids hate me, I go and watch I Bryce, watch Young. Bryce Young. Young film. You watch yeah. Yeah. Bryce Young film. I go, watch, I, I, I go watch.
1: Bryce it Young does. film, and it makes me smile every time. So
0: it, well, it's look, it. he got his he got popped a bunch by the Jets, but his footwork was great and his re his reads and progressions were great. Their win total in the division three over plus 130, and their win total uh, nine, which we, this may have gotten a little out ahead of ourselves, plus 100 under minus 130. Uh, what do you think about Carolina? Yeah.
1: So, obviously, anyone who watched that game is probably concerned for Brace Young's well being, given how poor the offensive line played versus the Jets, which. The backups, too. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> and and, and the, look, the, the Jets can draft at a luxury because of how good their defensive front is. But right. I, I think that the general point is this. The Panthers can't forget when they started to have success in the second half of last year that made them a seven win team. What got them there? Run it was day. running the football. Run and it was good defense. Yeah. So, uh, and Ikea Kwanu, who, if you looked at him as a prospect coming out, we talked about this, will, like he was a great run blocker. He we is knew great he was run a look in progress yeah. in pass pro Correct. and he got better, but it's going to still take some time. So, um, there's, there's a, a lot to be concerned about. Again, I don't want to read too much into a preseason game, uh, I, this was a tough one for me because I don't like the number at nine. I wish it was at eight and a half. I feel sure. a lot better. Maybe you can tease <laughs> it down. I guess because there's a little juice there, I'll go ahead and take, what was the uh,
0: the plus money on the division total? Uh, the division total was plus 100 over nine. And then the under was minus 130.
1: Yep. Well, that's, that's for that's total, total wins for the division. The division plus plus total, I'm sorry. The over, so over, 30
0: over, wins, yeah. over three plus 130. That's actually a pretty good luck. Yeah.
1: So, so that's that was actually the only reason I, w- I went with that and say, now let's take the over of division wins. Wow, I see because look, you might four
2: division well, you, can well, also you push. might push there. Yeah. you could push. You don't have the yeah. half game,
1: so you'd like to tease it down to two and a half if you could. But sitting there at three, you're going okay. I, look, if you think this team's going to win the over of nine games, you think they're going to win ten? At least win three division. Yeah, games. and you get a little extra juice at plus one thirty versus Correct. plus one hundred. So that was more my logic behind it. Um, but this is one where again, like probably want to wait and see what you're getting this season <laughs> at this point like based yeah, on how, how, it how it's eight looked so far eight for sure yeah um just give Brady a little
2: love because I remember we were having a discussion on HQ about Bryce Young last year and he was like well depending on what the Jets record is you might want to consider because Bryce Young is the best prospect I've ever seen on tape I had the pleasure Will and Brady of going to Spartanburg for the cross practice for the Jets in Carolina <laughs> and Bryce Young is something I've never seen before he's incredible Literally, there was a team period where it was like six straight sacks by the Jets. Never flustered, never got pissed off, never said, Come on, O-line. Just went about his business. Two-minute drill. First play, sacked by Quentin Williams. Second play, defensive line creates havoc again. He has to eat the ball, throw it away. Third play, you saw what you saw at Alabama. Manipulate the pocket. So just shuffle to the left a little bit, step up in the pocket, hit Adam Thielen for a first down on third, a big third down. Did it two more times just like that? And even in that game, right, you talked about it, Will, he was getting, like, beaten down. Solomon uh, Thomas on the first play of the game, they won a text game, was a stunt. Come Scott Free and this clear shot on Bryce Young because people were saying on Twitter, because I'm with you, I'm with him on Offensive Rookie of the Year. I was telling people, this guy's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. They were like, not B. John Rumsfeld. I was like, nah, trust me, it's Bryce Young. I've never seen anything like him. They're like, well, he hasn't taken any hits. I'm like, y'all forget Alabama. He was in the best conference in all of football. And our offensive line wasn't the greatest it when wasn't. he was there. He was getting beat up there, and he got up every play. And we saw that in the previous game. Up and pop, he popped Icky yeah. Kwanu
0: on the helmet, too. Like, you yeah, like could like, tell so Icky like, was apologizing. I've like, not seen split. a
2: rookie act like that, like, yeah. ever in my yeah. career. So, this number is high, nine yeah. wins. I'm taking the under on it just because, again, I think they could split every game in a division. If the number was at eight, seven and a half, I would take the over. I just think nine wins, even though they won seven games last year, to your point, running the football, you know, Coach Wilkes really got this team to galvanize together, play good defense in the back end. Another reason that uh, concerns me, they got good frontline talent. Their depth is not there. No depth. So if somebody gets hurt, this could definitely be under. So I'm taking the under just because lack of depth, and there is some issues on O-line. The good thing for the Carolina Panthers, they're not playing the Jets every week, right? Nobody in that division has a defensive line like the Jets. Um, there is concerns with O line and the depth, so that's why I'm taking the under on the wins. I, I believe they get eight wins.
0: I, I think like I'm, I'm with you completely. Like Bright, like the the stuff about the sacks here. Let's not forget the Jets already had a, a preseason game under their belt. Like they had right. reps going in right. where they like they were in their second preseason week. And the Panthers, I think Frank Wright was trying to be really conservative and just not and and the Jets were being aggressive. They were running their stunts, they were letting those guys cook. Hey.
1: There's some teams who don't care about the preseason results. They're not trying to win the offseason, the preseason. I think we know in that particular game, the, Who the priorities of maybe how two of those teams ahead of themselves. <laughs> well, right? I mean, yes and no because the Jets
2: didn't play a lot of their stuff. I know. I'm just saying, but still... dudes,
0: dudes, let's not forget because we're, we're recording this one like on Tuesday afternoon. I believe yeah. this evening we'll probably be watching a little hard knocks and with like, like you know it's like hey, like look how good we are. Like the Jets are not trying to hide. Like I called I said this on Twitter a couple of weeks ago when Aaron Rodgers, when like Sean Payton called out Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. It was like. Rodgers is going to be so over the top with his leadership and all that stuff on hard knocks. And it's like – it's fine. It is. The Jets want to look good on hard knocks. They want to look like they're a team with momentum going into the season. I think – hey.
1: you can't take flight if you don't take off, all right? <laughs> and it starts in the off season, preseason. All right, hyping some things up. Yeah. All right, if you want real. to take the flight, you got to take off in the off season. I love yeah. it. Yeah,
0: otherwise, you just look like a dog who's like squ- like scraping his butt on the ground, and that's that's no good. That's <laughs> oh, like the God. Jets most of the year. Goodness all Christ right, the Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's a good, great analogy. Speaking of, nah, I got nothing there. Uh, you know what? We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the Buccaneers next. <laughs>
2: for something. First play of the game to the last play of the game. One, two, three, two. And we've got two of the
1: hottest houses. This is big time college ball. They're gonna come. They're gonna come. Two big boys getting ready to play. Big being the operative word here.
2: And here they
0: come. Go! <laughs> Bay Buccaneers lost Tom Brady. That did a lot to their win turtle. Over/under in the division, two and a half. The under is minus one thirty. No one likes the Bucks this year, and they know it too. Uh, I, know, I think um, I think our former colleague uh, Jeremy Fowler, now at ESPN, or maybe he, maybe a MacBook salesman. I'm not sure. I can't tell from his Twitter feed. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw. it. He got hacked like three days in a row, and like uh. the hacker kept posting like like Do you want to buy MacBooks?" And Jeremy like got it back <laughs> and then good. posted, "I'm not selling MacBooks." And then like 30 minutes later, it was like. It was hacked like, like again. That's,
2: more Apple. Uh, somebody got, got a personal vendetta against him.
0: No, I think they're just trying to steal money. I think it was like I don't think I don't think it was like personal. I mean, maybe maybe somebody at the Mac store or the Apple store. Anyway, <laughs> the, everyone. Jer- Jeremy was down there in Tampa Bay, and like everyone was like, we don't understand why we're the team that everybody's picking to be last. The big chip on the shoulder for for the Buccaneers here does it matter though dudes they're over under six and a half the uh, total for the season minus 120 there and the division total two and a half under minus
2: 130 yeah me and brady were talking about this off camera before the show and i'm leaning towards the under here i just believe this is a a team that's literally starting all over right there's issues on O line you're taking your best offensive line moving them Uh, offensive linemen moving them from right tackle to left tackle and Tristan Warfs, Luke Godick is potentially going to be the starting right tackle. He struggled in the preseason game. They said he struggled through all of camp, right? And then you look at it, Baker Mayfield. What's Baker Mayfield are we going to get? And I think the numbers, you know, showing the over and under are dictated towards that, right? They don't know what Baker Mayfield, are we going to get the one from the Rams or are we going to get the one from the Carolina Panthers? Um, Yes, he looked good in the preseason game, but Brady, we talked about this, that means nothing. He kind of managed that game, didn't really throw the ball down the field was efficient, right? Tampa Bay hasn't had a run game in, what, three years maybe um, since they won the Super Bowl with playoff Lenny. I think this is going to be a fire sale at the trade deadline. I think a lot Mm. of guys, Mike Evans has already been talked about potentially being traded. I think he could be traded. Um, I think a couple pieces on defense could be traded. I I like the under here. I think this is a a full resale. They're going to have to rebuild this team.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's tough to say this because I'm rooting for Baker Mayfield to have success, obviously, given what he went through in Cleveland and you know Carolina and then how he played in a short stint with the Rams. It's tough being in this many systems, this many right. teams, in a short period of time. Trust me, been there, done that. Uh, it's really hard to feel ingrained in a system, to have chemistry with the guys you're throwing to, the offensive line, all parties involved. And mind you, he was going through for a period of time a quarterback competition mm. where Kyle Trask has taken some of those reps. So uh, for, for me, I look at this, I think the under of the season win total is is probably accurate. Um, you know, you don't want to be the the rebound guy sometimes <laughs> right. when, when, when you meet someone. You don't want to be the guys after awesome. the guy who was like so memorable and was there forever. A lot of times, you know, you end up being a quarterback who comes in trying to replicate what Tom did or, or even, you know, fill in for the shoes. It's a tough spot to be in. So it feels like this is a team that should have been more in rebuild mode. And they, for whatever reason, did decide not to do that this offseason. They're not quite there yet. So, um, again, tough spot for a lot of guys who've had success. Mike Evans had probably one of the more uh, underrated careers that sure. no, no one talks about me. enough. Yeah. Uh, and so for for it to kind of come to where I think they're going to be this year, I don't know. But it's just they're, they're in a tough spot right now. Baker's in a tough spot. Everyone's in a tough spot, I think, to try to replace and replicate what they were able to create with Tom Brady doing that short stint there.
0: I keep coming back to – and I can't remember what game it was, but it was late in the year last year, and the Bucks were somehow – because I had bet – when when Tom Brady announced that he was coming back, like I quickly went and hammered the Bucks to win the division at like minus oh. 150. It ended, up, it ended up working out, but it was really unnecessarily yeah, dicey. Identity, uh... Yeah. I was like, why am I sweating this? This is so stupid. <laughs> and I keep coming back. I, I'm not sure exactly what game it was, but it was like last five games of the year. I think it and, was probably the Carolina Panthers game, right? It, Right. Well, it was where he was here. Todd Bowles punted on like fourth and five at midfield with Tom effing Brady under center. Yeah. And like, so what is he going to do with Baker? And like, what if this offensive line falls off a cliff with Baker? And like, I might I mean, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are fantastic, but it might not matter if Baker is constantly under pressure. I have to go under here with the Bucs. I mean, I guess the only thing that like really concerns me about taking the under, and I, I mean, I think is like everybody's off of them. Right. Nobody is nobody thinks the Buccaneers will be any good. And we're all on the Panthers and the Saints and the Falcons. It's like, man, these teams are all pretty flawed too. Like, what if Tampa emerges as a eight and nine, nine and eight division winner? I don't think it's likely. So I'm taking the under, but I, I hate to I hate to dog tie balls. I just don't think this is it. And I think there's yeah, gonna be yeah. some fighting down there in uh in Tampa. Finally, the New Orleans Saints. Oh, mm. Eric Carr is New Orleans Saints. I don't know if you know that. Derek Carr on the New Orleans Saints now. Uh, Carr left from the Raiders, went to the Saints. And I got to tell you, like, I've been down the Saints this offseason, but, man, they look, I mean, again, week one, one drive. They looked really sharp. And Alvin Kamara is going to miss a few games, but he looked explosive in the receiving game early. Michael Thomas is back out there. They got some young talent on offense. I'm curious, Brady. Do you trust the Saints and do you have any interest in their division win total over three and a half minus 120 or the uh, win total as a whole, nine and a half minus 110?
1: Yeah, I, I like the over of the total. And in part because, again, I just think divisional matchups, there's a lot of times you see good teams still splitting the division. Correct. Um, and, and this is one where if <clears throat> if you're looking at Derek Carr of the past, I don't know, five years, I mean, for the five years, he's gone over 4,000 yards passing. Like, I don't know that we've paid him his due of what he's capable of. And I saw you a little bit of a glimpse of what he was able to do in the preseason. So far, I don't want to put a ton of weight in that, but if Michael Thomas is back and a is the way he's capable of, and once Camara's back there in the backfield as well, like you got three dynamic playmakers. And on top of that, a quarterback that can distribute the football and push the ball down the field, which is something we really haven't seen quite as much. Uh, and, and look, if he goes down, you got James back there too. It's not like James isn't capable of coming in and winning some, winning some games. They got a great offensive line. Their defense, in my opinion, is pretty stacked. So, uh, top to bottom, this roster is the best in the division. Uh, it would lead me to think that they would to be able to hit that four. But I'd rather take the the over of the season win total because I, I do think they'll be able to be competitive in the NFC uh, throughout the course of their schedule with Derek Carr there at quarterback. So, uh, I'm, I'm bullish on the Saints. I think it looks like a layup. And it probably will be a layup uh, if things go how I think they will.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm where there with you with the Saints. I picked them to win the division. And to your point, people have not given Derek Carr to due respect. I believe Will, you know, gave us a nugget. But I've been literally screaming this nugget for the last seven years. When's the last time Derek Carr even had a top ten defense? Not even top five. Top ten Never. defense. Never. So people like what I was saying that the Jets should be in on them because You know what you're going to get with Derek Carr. He's going to distribute the ball. He's not going to turn it over. Yes, Aaron Rodgers, if you can get him, great. But if not, I thought Derek Carr was a great get to get for the Jets because you have a top five defense, which Derek Carr has never had. Now he comes with the Saints. where a division that isn't as strong as in the AFC. He has a top five, top 10 defense that he can really lean on. Rashid Shaheed is a guy that I've been really bullish on. I think he's going to be their speed guy, the guy down the field. Oh, well, he already is that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Saw I saw last I, year. I, I think he's going to have a big year for them. I know you mentioned Mike Thomas and Chris Olave. Do not sleep on Rashid Shahid. He was the guy that was their gadget guy last year. He was the guy that took the top off the defense. I believe he gets an expanded role this year. They have the most complete roster in this division. I don't even think it's even close. I believe they hammer the, the over nine and a half and they win the division.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a nerded. <laughs> Derek Carr hater. You're
1: one of those guys. Like. You're like Prisco with cousins. Like they just <laughs> they, they can't do anything to make you guys happy. It's unbelievable.
0: I, I, I said he was be good last year, and he stunk. Finally, I said he to be good. And he's terrible. The whole family's blocked me on Twitter. So like, what do you want me to do? Like, I mean, like I'm blocked by Derek, David, and Darren. Did you even know there was a Darren? Um, he's the third brother. He coaches high school football. He blocked me too. Derek, D- David tried to report me to like like our employer. Like when I like said that. De- Derek threw a screen pass on fourth down and like threw it away. He's like, "Quote tweet it was like at CBS. It was like I think they're a little more worried about Young Sheldon than they are about Will Brinson. Okay, so like let's like so let's maybe let's maybe you tagged the wrong CBS here, pal. I don't know. Maybe Young Brinson could be a show. I'd watch that. Um, That's funny. Yeah. At any rate, uh, I'm on the Saints under, but I I, I just think Ooh. like we're still not really giving the loss of Sean Payton its due. But like that roster can be good all you want. They still won seven games last year. I know the the quarterback is a massive upgrade, yeah. but I don't tr- I don't tr- I don't trust the. I don't trust. I don't. I don't. I don't trust it. I don't trust it. That's all. That's all I got. I don't trust it. So I'm look.
1: There's going to be some surprises in the NFC. There, there, there's going to be. Bottom yes. line. I mean, that, that's the reality of it. I, I just think if you're if you were to rank right now the top quarterbacks
0: in the NFC, could you do it? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's what like, would it be? It's Hurts, Dak. We're going to take Kyler out of the equation, right? Because we don't know. Yeah, he's yeah, her right. right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like three is Jared Goff and four is Cousins. Five five is Derek Goff, Five is Bryce Young. I don't know. He's a top five quarterback. That's what I'm saying. He's a top five in the conference. Yeah. And you probably say as top quarterback in the division, right? Yeah. I'm certainly the most established quarterback in the division, yes.
1: Most established. <laughs> so you won't even say right now definitively I'll take he's Bryce the best I'll quarterback I'll, in I'll, the I'll I'll you, I was going to say he's
0: going to say Bryce Young. I'll probably. take Bryce over Derek Carr.
1: Well, I'm not saying to build a team, I'm saying right now, though. Right now. Who I'm saying, saying right now. Like,
0: give me a season. Give me a season behind the same offensive line with the same staff, same weapons. I'll take Bryce over Derek Carr. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. I, I, I think that's it's. I guess you don't. I guess you don't love Bryce either, as much though.
0: as you think you do. <laughs> all right.
1: What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do if they hit the over? That's what I want to know. Lose when all, all my Panthers. Lose all guy, my. Give Derek Carr love. You have to go yeah. buy a Derek Carr jersey and wear it. That would be great. That's fine. And by the way, I, you have to wear the Derek Carr jersey, and then you have to have the Will
0: the the Brinson sucks hat on. I, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. If the Saints go over their win total because of Derek Carr, like oh, if they go over God. their win total with That's James, always something, right? <laughs> Wait, well, what's the qualifier? Like he has it start so many games? If, if, if Jameis Winston goes like like seven and two, I'm not gonna. But if, if they go over the win total because of Derek Carr, I'll wear. I'll put on a bunch of black mascara. And, uh, and do the show for a week. Please How about Derek that? Carr
1: gets hurt. No, but he's not no, no blackness. No, we don't want that. All we're asking for is a Brinson sucks hat and your yeah, Derek, Derek Carr, Carr jersey. jersey. Yeah. All right. I don't even have a Case Brinson jersey. sucks hat,
0: but I'll try. You can get one from K's office. And, All right.
1: And because you didn't piggyback last year, they're gonna make a donation to Derek Carr's foundation. Because I'm yeah, sure that he's a good real- guy. You're making a donation. You're on top of that. On top of that. <laughs>
0: Okay, hey, just uh, really got leverage against the Saints even more than I was before. Glad we glad we could do the show, BQ and dudes. Oh, For here, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. These Tuesdays are fun. We should do it more often. You guys in the studio? I like that. Hey, we can we could do it, man. man. I, we can do it. We're here. Just just tell us when, man. It's not my job. Uh, the uh, <laughs> I, just, I just show up and talk. Oh, I'm not geez. in charge here. You thanks for watching. Thanks for listening for BQ Produce. I'm Brent and we will see you guys later. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hit that like button. Bye.